The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. I don't know who's here for Tech Thursday. And you're going to tell us about something which I actually have to admit I wasn't aware of. QR code scams. Now, I know everyone knows what a QR code is, but just explain a little bit about how prevalent they are and then how they could be used for a scam. Uh, So a QR code is a little square of um, lines and crosses and you see them all over the place, Matt. They became really popular during the pandemic when we became very aware of the hygiene surrounding tables and menus in restaurants. And so uh, cafes and restaurants started using them on the tables. Scan me for your menu. Great idea. And we increasingly see them in pubs. You see them in supermarkets to check ingredients and allergy information. They're very clever and very useful. Or even to log into something like Apple TV. Exactly, yeah. And to pair your device with various Bluetooth things. It's really nice technology and it's worked very well. Not complicated. And you just use your camera on your mobile phone. However, inevitably, when things are popular, they create the opportunity for scammers. And QR code scams have started to be used over the last few months particularly. It's really, I mean, this has absolutely surged with the FBI's annual report making a specific mention of QR code scams. And they have manifested themselves in a couple of ways. The first one is, um, many of your listeners will be familiar with the idea of two-factor authentication. This idea that we use a text message or another way to prove who we are online. And what some scammers have started to do is in their phishing emails, so the fake emails that we get. Generally, we can recognise that they're fake. There's bad spelling. They don't use our name. Things like that. Or we're just not expecting one. But what scammers have started to do is include a QR code that says something like, um, Dear Matt Cooper, please scan this code to log into your named bank. And you may well think, oh, okay, I better just scan that code. And that's the That's the trigger. And what's happening when you scan that, what a QR code does is it takes you to a web link. And so what's happening is people are being brought to sites that are made to replicate the look of legitimate banks. They're asking for your login details. And of course, when you enter them, then they have your details and potentially they can empty your account. Okay, so how do you avoid QR scams? You've got to be really careful, Matt, really careful. I mean, And I would mention one QR code scam that has come to light only over the last few weeks. It's happened in American cities, and it will happen here, undoubtedly. And this, I'm not admiring the scammers here, but this is ingenious. And what they did was they printed off QR code stickers, A5-sized, kind of notebook sized they went around to parking meters and they pasted them onto the side of parking meters in a couple of American cities and they said scan here to pay for your parking and of course you know people look at them and they think well that looks legit and the stickers were very um, convincing looking they scan they enter their credit card details but of course instead of being charged $2.50 they're um, charged 50 and 50 and 50 and 50 until the money runs out ingenious but again you have to be really careful so in regards to recognising them the QR codes that come in emails it's one of those things in regards to phishing emails is always look out 
for emails from companies who you do business with. If you get one from a bank that you've never dealt with, of course it's not for you. But there are more and more targeted Irish scams. So look out for things like your name. If they know your name in an email, and PayPal do this, they always use your full title as it is on your account. You know it's legitimate. But you do have to be very careful. What I do in all of these instances, Matt, is I never answer or reply or click on any of these emails. If I get one and it looks reasonably legitimate... I will go to my bank website or to the OnPost website and I will enter from the official front door. And then if you, for example, they're telling you to download an app from a QR code, don't go there. Go instead to the app store. Yeah, absolutely. Always always use official apps. And many phones, if you buy a new phone from Samsung and Apple and people like that, you'll have a QR code scanner built into the camera. So you generally don't need to. So you do have to be very aware because there are scam QR code apps. But it is one that we are likely to see happening more often and particularly in public places. So be careful what you scan. Okay, other scams at the moment. What about the M50 scam? This, again, is a a localised one. um, And we are seeing more localised Irish scams, probably because scammers have done well. Whereas previously, we used to see the the fallover from UK scams. But the M50 and also uh, this week, I received one in relation to the uh, energy credits um, via text message. And in the case of the M50 scam, again, it's very convincing. You get a text message on your phone that says you have missed the deadline to pay your toll. And we all know you have until, you know, the following day to pay your toll and they will say you've missed the deadline, log on here to avoid a a fine or an increase in the payment and people do and these sites have been mocked up to look like the official eFlow or other toll provider websites and again, instead of charging you the couple of euros that you may be due to pay they will try repeated transactions until they empty your account. Okay, what's pig butchering? Pig butchering is a is a it's an ugly term for a really ugly crime, and um, the romance scams peaked during COVID because so many people were at home. There was wasn't much socialising, and dating apps were used quite a lot, and so people started to essentially develop relationships online. And pig butchering is a practice that started in Southeast Asia and India particularly, and the scammers referred to their victims as pigs who were fattened up to be butchered. And uh, I mean, this is a really nasty, insidious sounding bunch of people. And of course they are. And what they would do is they would develop relationships with people over time. And it wasn't just, initially it was just, you know, oh, my uncle is very sick and I need to fly home to see him. Can you send me $500? That's how most of these scams started. This has got a special mention in that FBI annual report that I mentioned. The pig butchering scams have now been separated out because they're growing so prevalent. And what they do is they are targeting people and they are saying what we'd like to do uh, or what they're doing is they're saying, oh, oh, I'm going to invest in cryptocurrency. Do you own any cryptocurrency? And their victim will say, no, I don't know anything about it. Oh, let me help you. And so what they're doing is they're sort of coercing or convincing people to invest for them and they will volunteer to use their card to buy crypto for them or they might say, oh, you need to buy one Bitcoin first, send me the money. And so what they're doing is they're focusing on these as investment scams. So it's a cross between the romance and the old-fashioned uh, investment ripoff. It's a nasty term and it's a nasty crime and you just have to be so careful if you are developing a relationship with somebody online. 
Okay, listen, we have a couple of more minutes left to us and I want to ask you about something that we hadn't planned to, but I'm sure you're on top of what's going on with TikTok at the moment with all of these, starting with the European Commission and then the European Parliament telling everybody if it's an official phone, you have to remove your TikTok app from it. And this is spreading internationally, except in Ireland. I mean, what do you make of the fears that people have that the Chinese government could get access to the data on your phone's particularly if you have some sort of official state phone. It's a really interesting story, Matt, and today is a landmark day because Xiao Chu, um, the CEO, 39-year-old CEO of TikTok, spoke on Capitol Hill before Congress and answered questions about this. This is one of those stories that I think has become conflated with diplomacy. And so we have... We live in a world where we have a tense relationship between the US and China. And a few years ago, we saw the impact of that diplomatic relationship on Huawei, the phone company. Huawei had become the most innovative smartphone maker in the world. Um, We're leading Apple and Samsung. But because of the ban on components and on Google services, they essentially got pushed back down. What we might be seeing is something similar happening to TikTok. Um, It's been asserted in the US, particularly by politicians on the right wing, mostly, that uh, TikTok are maybe spying on American citizens. And if they can spy on citizens, they can spy on government employees who have the TikTok app installed. The thing is, Matt, that a lot of journalists around the world have looked for that smoking gun and they haven't found it. Yeah, but hold on. Wasn't there a case, though, that there was an accusation of information about American journalists been sent back to China, which was denied by TikTok, and then it turned out it was actually true. It was proven, and TikTok said that those journalists were sacked. However, sorry, those employees were those sacked. Employees, tax, yeah. yeah, those employees were sacked, sorry. Now, we have also seen um, the US uh, government and how um, how they have accessed uh, public data sometimes over the years at the source. We know that Facebook particularly and other services harvest huge amounts of data, perhaps more than TikTok. People should be cautious about any app they use. Partic- because they're saying if you're getting it for free you actually affect, you're paying for it with all of your data. Well you're the product. Yeah. You're the product. You, you are how they earn their money. And so... Um, over time, uh, people fell in love with TikTok. Billions of users now around the world. I think it, it's a little bit like using Facebook or Instagram and other social services. You have to be careful what you reveal. If you're using an iPhone, you can inhibit much of the data that you share. But I do remain convinced that this is an issue that's maybe conflated with diplomacy. Okay, Andy who thank you. You're going to enjoy this text from a listener who says, my wife got that M50 eFlow scam today as a text and not a QR code but just a mobile phone number uh, it looked very legit except she doesn't drive a car <laughs> <laughs> The Last Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 Today FM.